I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. As most of you know, my 2020 and 2021 have been transformational years for me. I started this podcast and dove into my spiritual development in an even deeper level than ever. I've always been a seeker and someone who has been interested in growing and learning. I love reading books and learning from taking classes and going to seminars. Looking back now with 2020 vision, I am gaining so much more clarity with where I am going, picking up each little breadcrumb along the way. I always say how having an awareness and being present is crucial in life as we expand and discover who we truly are and realize our purpose. I feel these past two years, while the world has been going through a transition, I have discovered my purpose and passion. I've met so many amazing people who have expanded my knowledge, and I have a whole new knowing of who I truly am and why I am here. When I picked up the breadcrumb last April, when I was getting asked by parents to help their children who were struggling with self-confidence and a negative mindset, especially while in lockdown, it sparked the idea to create my Raising Confidence course. Since then, I have over 50 graduates of that program, and most importantly, there are 50 more kids out in this world who have powerful mindsets and tools to create a life on purpose with confidence. Then as I kept picking up the breadcrumbs, I had parents come to me and want to take the course and learn my formula to create magic in their lives too. So the next breadcrumb was the Magic Path course. I created it for parents and adults. Now I have over 25 empowered adults out there with an entirely new mindset and outlook on their lives. To hear them say their lives have changed and they live in an entirely new way is what I live for. When I learn tools that change my life, I pass them on. I'm always in a class and learning, and this year I have been in a few, but the one I am currently in is called the Ascension Experience with Gary Temple Bodley. If you have followed me this past year, he has been on the show twice, and I have talked about the teachings of Joshua many times and how it has transformed my life in the most profound way. Today, I am introducing you to a woman who has been in Gary's classes the past three years and is now a teacher for the class. I am in on her class called the Limiting Beliefs Workshops. When I first met her, I was blown away. Her knowledge and the work she has done on herself to become aware of what limits her and to find her inner self and really become present in her life is amazing. I have a few friends who have joined the class with me, some way back from high school and others in my current circle of friends. It's like watching a magnet. When you get in alignment, the ones who are seeking alignment come to you. 
That is what I call magic. So before I bring Jessica on, I want to remind you to sign up for my free masterclasses this week for both of my courses. The link is in the show notes, or you can go direct to my website, ashleygonner.com and sign up there. There is no better time than now to start living with new eyes and see that their only limits that you have are the ones you think are true. They are not. Each graduate says their life has changed in such a dramatic way. They can't believe it. Oh, how I love to share with you these amazing people in my life. And today is no exception. Let me tell you a little bit about my mentor, Jessica Awati. This is about Jessica. She calls herself the creative mindset coach. In her 30 years of seeking solutions to life's challenges, Jessica has come to understand that we create our own reality and that this reality is a direct reflection of the beliefs we hold. She has studied the Seth material as well as the works of Sari Aurobindo, the mother, and Krishnar Murti, and has been a personal student of Carlos Castaneda. I remember hearing him when Wayne Dyer was, that was a big person in his life too. As the latter, she has learned to see energy and to perform energy work on herself and others. Jessica discovered the Joshua material by Gary Temple Bodley in early 2019 and has served as the official coach for the Joshua Abundance Boot Camp and the Joshua Extension Experience, a limiting beliefs expert. She also leads weekly limiting belief workshops for boot camp graduates and Ascension Experience practitioners. Her creative mindset coaching helps seekers identify and reprogram beliefs adopted since birth. This process leads to the rediscovery of one's inherent sense of worth and power and allows for the deliberate creation of a personal reality based in clarity, joy, and love. So without further ado, please welcome this beautiful soul that I have met on this journey, Jessica. Welcome to the show, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. This is absolutely wonderful. Oh, this is like, I said in the intro how we met and we will get into that. But as I was telling you before I hit record was, you know, when, when you're in a class and you're learning, you're, I'm in this, we're both in this spiritual journey, you know, mm-hmm. self-discovery mm-hmm. that we are like these, I say, call it like, there's these magnets, like we're, we're we align with the people that are want alignment. And then there are all these people are coming together and it's like, oh my gosh, this is so fun and amazing to Love share in action. Yes. Right. But we share this, this space that mm-hmm. just like, I can't tell you what you've done for me because when I first met you in the first limiting beliefs workshop, it puts a different spin on Gary's and Joshua's teaching because yes. you, I can see where, what work you've done the last three years, just, I mean, it's new and where you met Joshua and then all of a sudden it just starts, you start peeling the layers. That's exactly it. Yes. And we're applying them. That's about, it's about applying those teachings. You see, that's, that's the challenging, but also the fun part, you know, that's right. where it gets really exciting. Oh, but I want you to, cause I know your life story is a, we're about the same age. I think we're like two or two years 55. different. 55 yeah, 52, years. almost 53. So a couple of years difference. We went Wonderful. to high school together. <laughs> I was exactly. We were in the same high school ages, but mm-hmm. um, 
you lost your brother and that was something that you held on to a lot. And I think I was thinking of what I think of you, of what I've learned about you in these last few months. Where do you go back to what really, how were you raised? Was it your brother's death that really that was hindered. Yeah. I mean, that was totally for all of us, boom, a new trajectory for all of us. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I have to say though, I always knew when I was a kid that either my brother or my mom was going to leave us soon. So I've always had that knowing up until I was about 13. That's when my parents separated. And so like in the beginning, I would not go to bed unless my brother or my mom were home, safe and sound. So I, I'd, I'd always had that feeling. And then my parents separated. My my brother stayed with my brother, uh, with my dad, and my sister and I moved out with my uh, mom. And so I didn't have that control anymore, you know, of, of making sure he was going to be safe and I could fall asleep without a problem. And so because we then from the time we were 13, I didn't live together anymore. And he died when I was 20. In those seven years, I kind of let go of that, you know, that apprehension, you know, it wasn't with me all the time anymore. And unfortunately, that's why it hit us or me so extremely hard. All of us were hit extremely hard. It was very right. sudden, you know, but it's um, what we came for. You know, that is the bottom line. My mom has been, you know, she introduced me to all the great teachers, you know, Seth Castaneda, Sri Aurobindo, uh, Krishnamurti, Yogananda, you know, I, I kind of grew up with that. I absorbed oh, all of cool. that in my teens. So that made it a little easier because I knew that there was more than just this reality. You know, there's, there's different dimensions. There's multidimensional realities. I was aware of that. Right. Still, it came as a massive shock, you know, and that was the trajectory that we chose. We needed to find out what it's like. In fact, one of my goals, one of my pre-birth intentions is to overcome the illusion of loss and separation when somebody transitions, you see. I understand it absolutely fully resonates with most of us on this path, understand that there is no separation. We are one, but still it's intellectual. You know, we're not feeling the oneness psychics do you know if we pay attention to it we too will feel it but I'm you know just feeling it isn't even enough for me I want to hear I want to have a conversation I want much more than what my social upbringing is allowing me to have at this point you know and it's not just this social upbringing it's eons you know of life after life after life after life of losing, of separating, of experience death, you know, on the fear-based plane as opposed to the love-based plane because death is love like everything else, like anything else in the physical realm. Everything is love, well, so is death. So I'm getting there, you see. And of course, something like this had to happen. It just catapulted me into this new trajectory. So that's something that I'm working on still. Still, but when you think of that happened when he was 20, and he was 23. I was 20, actually. Okay. When you were 20 mm-hmm. and now you're 55. Mm-hmm. Where Do you live your whole life up until a few years ago with this, like this um, weight? Oh, the weight. Yeah. The weight has lifted. I've done a lot of energy work, you know, in the past, you might remember I was a student of Carlos Castaneda. There was a lot of energy work. There's techniques, you know, where I can connect with my brother. I can feel him. I can actually have conversations, but it doesn't come easy to me. You know, it's really something that I have to energetically shift into. So there's been, you know, all the work that I've done in the past, all my training has helped me to overcome 
or at least to eventually stop mourning. But that mm-hmm. happened. It took me about, I would say, 15 to almost 20 years to actually get to the point, I'm good. This is yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very strange when you mourn. Time completely changes. In fact, um, Joshua was explaining that on, on one of the live calls a couple of months ago. You know, when you're having fun, time goes by quickly. When you're not having fun, time doesn't go by quickly. So a month after my brother's death, excuse me, a year after my brother's death felt like a month. Like it had just happened a month ago, literally. Nobody understands that, of course, you know. So when people come and say, oh, it's been six months, it's been a year, come on, you know, move on. It just happened. What do you mean? You see, time is completely moving differently. And it took me 15 to 20 years for it to feel like 15 or 20 years had come by. And I remember even in year 10, it felt like 10 months. It felt like, oh, it's just recently happened, you know. So, you know, it's it's about the connection. It's about what you want to experience and how this particular event, the death of a loved one, is for you. We all perceive it in a different way, and we do so because it serves us. Right. So, so then, you know, with all the energy work I did, all my training, you know, all the readings, the Seth material, there's really, you know, you can't blame anybody. You can't, uh, you know, it's, it's what it is. In fact, I very soon fully understood and accepted, especially because I knew about it all along when I was a kid, right? I mean, there was right. no, there was no, it's your fault. You know, it's somebody else's fault. I couldn't blame anybody. I wasn't, I didn't even want to blame anybody. I didn't even want to blame the perpetrator. You know, the guy who actually set the house on fire where everybody, you know, either died or jumped out, including my brother. If that man did this because we all agreed upon it. Right. That's that's powerful. Yes. Yes. And so then there's that. (laughs) No, what? Right. I'm still unhappy. You know, I mean, it's good that I I don't have this massive hatred or resentment or this need for revenge, because how am I going to what kind of revenge is there for me? You know, if anything, if I could see the perpetrator, he was never found, by the way. Hmm. And I'm glad he wasn't, actually. My parents think otherwise. But if I were to see this perpetrator who committed this horrendous crime, well, what could I do? Kill him? Well, no, way too right. easy. You're off the right. hook. No, pal. Uh-uh. I need you to suffer, right? The way we have been suffering. So what would I do? Kill his sister or kill his brother? Right. Impossible. So revenge is out of the question. It doesn't, it's, it's such a new point. Right. So then what is left is yourself and you have to look at it. How are you going to be happy again? Is it even possible? Is happiness in this life with what happened, is that doable? For the mm-hmm. longest time, I didn't think it was. In fact, just recently, actually just recently in one of my manifestation events, I understood that, whoa, I still don't believe I can be happy, even mm. though I have been happy. But that belief was still very much active, you know, within our family. There's just no way we can be happy. That's the bottom line. Well, I fully became aware of it only about six months ago. Oh, explain that because I want to know why, because you were just with your mom too. And I wonder, I was going to ask you, what's that relationship with how your mom and you? Oh, delicious. It's, it's pure love. It always has been, you know, the whole family with us, very, very close, uh, very close with my sister. My sister is my teacher, is all of our teacher in the sense that the relationship isn't easy. Mm -hmm. It's very, very easy with my mom, very easy with my dad. It was absolutely easy with my brother. 
you know, she's our teacher here. She's like, um, you do as I say. If you don't do as I say, we got a problem. <laughs> and so, in fact, that was my motivation all along for me, not just my brother, but especially this relationship with my beloved sister. I mean, I adore her. We're fraternal twins. In fact, we're not even twins. We were just born five minutes apart. She was actually conceived three or four months after me. Oh my gosh. It's a medical phenomenon. Yeah. So I mean, but there's, there's this amazing connection, you know, she nearly died when she came out during the birthing process because she was completely premature. Right. So she's a survival master, you know, but anyways, so there was always a lot of friction with her, you know, a lot of stress, you know, she needed a lot of attention, you know, and so for the longest time, I just wanted peace and harmony, you know, and so that was my major motivation for me to work on myself, you know, ever since my early 20s, you know, so my brother wasn't just the culprit, it was also this relationship, but the fact is we adore each other, I mean, we're constantly on the phone, FaceTiming three, four, five times a day, you know. Oh my gosh. so close yeah it's ridiculous you know but no yeah we love it too we are absolutely close so my mom and I are have always been close my dad and I are he's Algerian you know so it wasn't the same relationship growing up but it's absolutely loving now and open and just adoring but my parents are still mourning you see and that's that brings me back to the happiness issue we were 20, my sister and I, when my brother died, it was horrendous, you know, absolutely. I mean, it really <laughs> annihilated us emotionally, but we were young. We had energy. You see, we weren't 48 like my parents were, you know, or almost 50, you know, it's a whole different energy level at that right. age. So my parents just essentially have never gotten over it and they never intended to get over it. Hmm. As opposed to when you're 20, there's still this life force, you know, right. with you, you know, there's, I mean, come on, something's got to give, right? But because my parents had never really even attempted to stop mourning, that made it very, very difficult for us kids, you know, my sister and I, because, okay, I can work on my happiness, but if I see you and my, my mom and my dad really unhappy, that's a problem, you know, right. and my sister and I have had to deal with that. Huh pain you know witnessing my parents pain every single day since my brother's death and so that's an extra level you know of challenge that my sister and I had to deal with you know so and while I thought hey I'm managing to be happy this is actually working out a couple months a few months ago when I discovered this limiting belief by working on another limiting belief it completely dawned on me oh my god I'm exploring hopelessness still I still don't believe I can fully be happy because my parents are still mourning. Their heart is still broken and they're exploring that and living that, you know, they're not, I mean, they're troopers, you know, they're really nice people. They don't go around crying or anything, you know, but, <laughs> but as a child, you sense their pain. Totally. It's unavoidable, unavoidable. So that was something I needed to look at. And when I realized, whoa, I'm still exploring hopelessness. It ended right there and then. That was it. That was my call. It stops now. This is me. This is my reality. This is their exploration. I'm here for them. I adore them. I respect their exploration. But my exploration of hopelessness ends today. This is it. And it did. It was Uh, extremely liberating. liberating, Isn't it? Powerful. It was fantastic. And once I did, 
everything changed, you know, not just for me, but also the relationship with my sister, my parents, such openness now, such lovingness, you know, the resentment, there was some underlying resentment on my sister and my part, right? That Come on, give us a break, you know, get over it already. Right. That was underlying. It was never pronounced, you see, mm. but it was there. It was vibrating within me. And once I realized, oh, this is my hopelessness exploration, I'm just using my parents' mourning as an excuse to continue my hopelessness exploration. Yes. They were off the hook. Done. Yes. So my resentment vanished. Oh. And that so opened up the floodgates to even more love and yes. fun. And so this past, this summer that I spent with my parents was just fantastic. Fantastic. Do they get that? They know what you're studying and all that, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. And do you Um, go and teach them? Do you just... I can can teach my mom because she's the one who taught me, you know. Right. With my mom, it's like this. She is the executive branch. Like she is the CEO and I'm I'm just one of her. I'm a manager. (laughs) I'm applying this knowledge. So so when I go to her and talk to her, she gets things like that. Yes, it's fantastic because... It gives me a chance to reflect on my realizations and to cement them. You see, Mm -hmm. once you start talking about it, it's a whole different story than just thinking about it or receiving some mental clarity. Once you start talking about it, you cement it into the world, into your reality. And I've been blessed to have my mom be there for me to do that and then reflect. And as we talk more, more clarity comes that I can then exchange with her just been fantastic. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, ever since I started the Ascension experience at, at group one, mm-hmm. I had been studying Joshua or listening to Joshua for two years. And I started with send a little bit to Richard. Maybe you'll listen to this, you know, Abraham Hicks. I mean, that was where I started Same here. Like Same 30 here. years ago. Mm-hmm. And so with Joshua, it would just, there was something it was speaking to me. Yes. And just like it has with everyone in this class. Absolutely. And so I thought, oh my gosh, this is really changing me. Like this is, I look at everything different. Yeah. I yeah. look at the way I'm, I mean, it's, you know, as a parent and a wife, because yes. you don't have children, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. No children. So yeah. as a mom, it adds a different dimension, you know, especially because yes. they're oh, 12 and 15. Of course. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm listening to him and I'm going, okay, triggers, whatever's triggering me is a limiting belief. Thank you. Okay. Why do I, and I look back in the past of like, why did the girls make me triggered? Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And I, oh my gosh, Jessica from, I mean, it's been a good year. It's just so calm. There's yes. no, there's just this flat line and the girls are probably like, whoa, what do you care? Neutrality. <laughs> your, oh my neutrality. gosh. You've reached a level of neutrality. That's it. And this yes. is powerful, actually. Well done. Oh, and Excellent. you just go, like we just went to New York and there, you know, there's people in the airport and little things that I noticed, like normally I would probably say, you know, make a comment. I'm like, nothing, that's perfect. And even yes. with Richard and I, like I, he can be on his own way and things that used to irritate me, be like, that doesn't bug me. That's yeah. his stuff. Exactly. So, oh, it's Freedom. just so- so much freedom. It's incredible. It's not just liberating for ourselves, but we are also letting others off the hook. Yes. We do no longer demand that somebody change their behavior 
on our behalf. Oh right. my God, you know, not that that ever worked, you know, but there's right. still the requests, the demands are there, you know, and the disappointment if they don't, you know. Oh, right. Oh, no, such freedom. <laughs> yeah. But you know what you realize is, and what I've realized is once I, you become that awareness, you become, mm-hmm. you know, like, okay, well, I'm so neutral. Mm-hmm. Everyone else just follows in line. They, exactly. they don't even know what to do. They're like, that's how oh. you influence others. Ah. Yeah. We don't create, we can't create in another's reality, but right. we certainly can influence them in love. Right. And it affects them. It affects them. I mean, we're all connected energetically. You know, we've got these filaments of energy connecting each other. If we saw energy, that's exactly what, what we would see. Th- thousands of filaments connecting us the entire world is a gigantic web of energy, you see? Right. So yes, there is energy flowing back and forth all the time. And as we're sending out this loving neutrality, this acceptance of them, of people and their exploration without judgment, oof, Mm -hmm. liberating peace. But a peace, not from the victim's point of view, you know, oh, you know, leave me in peace, you know, I need a break. No, it's this, heaven this heaven peaceful mm-hmm. heaven you know really this is heaven on earth right literally this oh, understanding it that's it that's that's where we're at and that's what we're learning to apply now and you know you mentioned um, abraham i wanted to say here even seth i mean seth i don't know if you've ever read any of yes seth i material. have oh wonderful i'm not surprised <laughs> that's where we ended up here. and the, the, the kids books the girls have read those books Wonderful. Yeah, they chose you wisely. Absolutely. Yeah, they chose me, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Not just they chose you, but they chose you wisely. They knew what they're coming for. Exactly. But you see, it was all about limiting beliefs in the Seth materials. Clearly, mm-hmm. you know, my energy work with Castaneda was about patterns, which is exactly the same thing. Then I discovered not quite, you know, 30 years ago, but I discovered Abraham Hicks, I think in 2007 or so. After the secret, I saw the secret and I didn't like that at all, even though, you know, the general concepts resonated with me. But once I discovered Abraham after that, things started to make sense. However, you know, it's all about raise your vibration, you know, all these things are energy, you know, relationships. It's all about your energy, your vibration. Money is energy. You can attract it easily. Mm, You know, it's not quite happening. Why is that? I mean, it all resonated intellectually. Sure, I believed it, really. But I didn't know how to apply this knowledge. Right. And so what I did with Abraham, I mean, we understand what this is all about. You see, it's about raising your vibration for long enough so that you can actually change the momentum of that vibration and have that become a little more dominant than the negative, the low vibration, okay? And so I would listen to the YouTube videos and I'd be on the Facebook pages and this was all wonderful. But as soon as I was off, boom, my vibration plummeted again, you know, Mm -hmm. because of my limiting beliefs, because of the problems that I I was encountering as a result of my limiting beliefs. So I figured, what gives? I mean, this seems like a lot of effort. I I can't be spending 12 hours a day watching YouTube (laughs) Abraham (laughs) segments, right? I I, I mean, I wish I could, but I can't. (laughs) I mean, that's my reality. So I said, okay, fine. I mean, I understand it's about time spent, the focus, you know, of of your thoughts. So what I would do is I would print out all these wonderful rampages that they had on YouTube, oh, cool. transcribe uh-huh. them, okay, three or four of them, and put them out on paper and then learn them by heart. 
<sighs> because nothing really helped up until that point. I would feel good a little bit, but once I you know, had this inspiration to do that. And I learned these four massive rampages by heart and just, you know, like a mantra on a daily basis, I would just recite them, recite them mentally, recite them, recite them. That's when I really noticed wow. the change because now indeed I was focusing on the good thoughts long enough that it would actually make a difference within, you know, with right. my mood, you know, with my, you know, hope, I, I started to develop hope and that sort of thing. Right. And at that point, uh, my marriage was pretty much done for. And that's when things absolutely started changing. And oh, so, that's what I was going to ask you. I want to know how it affects your marriage. Oh, it was wonderful. It was. And now, oh my God. Okay. So I understood that this happened. This was efficient, but it seemed like a lot of efforting and struggling to be saying these affirmations, these mantras, you know, pretty much right. hours a day. I mean, <laughs> and I figured something was missing there, you know? And so I went into the material a little more, you know, the Abraham Hicks material. And I remember that one quote that I got because I was on their, you know, mailing list about money. I don't know what it was, but essentially the last uh, line said, well, if you have beliefs that keep you from letting that in, then of course you have to unravel that. I'm like, wow. Right. I am aware of all my beliefs. I've studied my patterns. I I mean, I know where everything started, why it came about, who influenced me from whom I adopted it. I I know it all, but now what do I do with it? What do I do with it? And I was really, I set out this intent. I need to know how to do this. And up until then, I hadn't found any, any answer nowhere. Huh. (gasps) enters an email into my life from Joshua. And the reason I Uh. even signed up with Joshua was just for a friend in France who was going through a very hard time. In fact, her sister too had died during that same event that my brother had died. Okay. Yeah. And so I wanted to give her information on the law of attraction to, you know, help her understand, Hey, this is our reality. We're creating it. We can change it. You see, and, you know, being the typical French that she is, she didn't speak English. So I looked online for anything in French on the law of attraction, which is how, and I can't thank enough. Wow. I can't thank Audrey Berube enough, you know, for it. Every time I tell this story, she is the one who translated the entire Joshua material into French because she's Canadian and she wanted to make that available to her French followers. And so I found it, signed up for it signed up for Joshua at the same time and just forwarded everything to my friend in France. And I left it at that because I figured, oh yeah, that sounds very much like the law of attraction. No need to worry about that. <laughs> Anyways, one of those days, not too long after I really set my intent out there, I get an email in my inbox saying free seven day course to process your limiting beliefs. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I saw the title Everything shook within me. It's like, you know, like a thunder. It's like I heard thunder within, you know. I open it up. I see the information. I sign up right away. The first limiting belief process that you do, because you do, you know, it's the process that we're familiar with in the course, you know. Right. You know, describe the manifestation event, blah, blah, blah. The first time I did it, I knew it. Because what I'd learned during my Castaneda training was to connect to my energy body. The inner okay. self, that is. Yes. And so I'd done, I'd spent many, many, many years connecting to my energy body, seeing what my energy body's perspective was pertaining to a specific event. You know, that's a lot of, that's a major part of the Castaneda training, really, of the Tensegrity training. And so it was very easy for me 
to understand that in writing here, I was connecting to my energy body, my inner self. And right. I was very quick to get that inner self's perspective, concluded that, oh my God, I can't believe how fantastic I'm feeling. All that was missing for me was the, the knowing that once you identify your name belief, all you need to do is prove it false. Right. And you prove it false by connecting to your energy body or your inner self, you know, and that's it. Right. And so when I sent this out, Gary instantly replied lovingly and said, oh, you're very advanced. Oh, yeah, yeah, this is fantastic. I couldn't believe it. I felt so good and I knew it was working. And then the boot camp came along, you know, and he offered me to join the boot camp, which I did pretty much, I think. I've done the bootcamp 14 times or so. It was oh fantastic. Like really delving into this. And that's when I started learning to open up and start coaching because that was a big, big limiting belief for me. You know, nobody needs me. You know, you've got the books. You know, I would be being the Aquarian that I am, the disseminator of knowledge that, that we are. You know, that's what Aquarians are. You know, I would give everybody the books. Here, read the book, read the book, read the book. You don't need me. What do you need me for? Here's the book. You see, right. that was really my logic, you know? Huh. And then as I was starting coaching more and more people in the boot camp, I'm, I was realizing well, they're having a hard time with their manifestation events. Mm-hmm. And I realized they don't really know that all they need to do is connect to their inner self. I mean, it sounds like nothing. It is, you know, right. it takes practice, obviously. But when you do, ah, oh, the liberation that ensues. So that's when I started teaching them that. And um, even very seasoned boot campers who'd been very discouraged with the mm-hmm. manifestation event process, you know, they turned around like that and they just saw the light and they felt it. And their reality obviously changed, you know, as a result of that. So that's when, that's how this developed, you know. Huh. Explain to me to connect to your inner self. How do you describe that? I know it goes deep. But- so, to connect, I mean, really in writing, that's it, in writing. Mm-hmm. So what happens in writing, and I think you've heard me say that in, in our classes, is that as you focus your thoughts and you focus on your hand and the pen and the words and, you know, the color of the words that you're writing out, there's such intense focus that your internal dialogue shuts off. And that's what's required to connect to your inner self. That negative self-talk, that, that constant mind chatter, you know, that we have on a daily basis, that's what keeps us from hearing our inner self that is constantly talking to us. So as you write or as you meditate, you see, mm-hmm. if you do breathing, I mean, all of these techniques cause our internal dialogue to shut off. Boom, silence, connection. Oh, somebody else is speaking to me. Somebody else but right. me. That's really what it entails, you know? And so that's why, of course, meditation is important. But for me, I really, I am not a good meditator. I'm not a good, I I can't visualize for the life of me. It's really an effort for me. If I write, boom, I'm there. So that's, yeah. I'm, I'm good with that too. I do meditate like a short time, but I run in the morning and I feel like I'm my amount of nature. Yes. And that's really my time. And you know, and I was thinking about how we always talk about taking your inspired action by mm-hmm. your, and that's your inner self, like listening to that voice. And just, yes. I always talk about, I talked about it, the intro, like taking my, this last two years for me in, in my spiritual growth, I've always been a seeker. I've always, you know, same here. Always. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad in high school had all the Wayne Dyer books. And I remember nice. looking and going, oh, if you believe it, you will see it. And I remember those were always in my mind. 
And then you too chose your parents wisely. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and my, my mom grew up Christian science and her mind so was, yeah, is yeah. mind over matter, you know, yeah. that whole like, you but know, we, she's right. She's right. right. It is mind over matter. It right. starts with our thoughts. Right. That's, that's it. So, as long as the yeah. vibration is there, boom. Yeah. But then I start looking and then you look back at your life and you're looking at, you know, the things that you learn along the way. And then you get to this point and I look at the times I did, I was listening and connecting to my inner self when I made that choice. I did listen. I am. And I use that inspired thought. And when I have my coaching sessions or my courses and they're saying, oh, you know, I went by this one, you know, place, they kind of offered me a job. I go, go take it. I don't know what's going to happen, but even if it's for a week, it's something that it was inspired in you to go and do that. Just go keep going, taking those breadcrumbs, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is when the mat, I always call mine because uncover your magic. So that's the magic, Mm -hmm. you know, it is, it is so, it's such a, to do it without fear. Yes. To just go for the fun of it for nothing else. If just for the fun of it. Right. And that's it. That's the door that opens right up right there. Yeah. So I love to know that when you have that, and I listened to the limiting beliefs workshop that I missed when I was in New York, I think Mm -hmm. it was last Saturday when you were talking to somebody about, you know, you don't have to have Joshua. You don't need me. You don't need anything, you know, and to understand it, to empower people to know that it's within you. Exactly. Exactly. We are Joshua. We right. are Gary Temple Bodley. I am you. You are me. We are one. Right. What does that mean? We are one, meaning we are source. So no, I really don't. It's a wonderful shortcut. And it's an absolute blessing to have Joshua and to have Gary and to have coaches, you know, like you. absolutely. And it's, it's so fulfilling, obviously, for us. But the bottom line is we're shortcuts. We are not needed. We're just shortcuts. Right. Nothing I say or teach, nothing you say or teach cannot be reached at on one's own. The information is within us. The inner right. self has that information because it's all one. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's key. And I think this is this new age we're entering, you know, no more gurus required. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we're done with that. Thank you so much. I mean, I was never a guru kind of person ever. In fact, right. that, it was always quite revolting to me mm-hmm. to follow somebody blindly like that, you know, and, and, not surprisingly, you see all these guru movements, you know, they inevitably disappoint right? because they had to teach all these followers that they don't need a guru. Right. The guru is not what's going to give them the answer. The answers are within, you see. Right. So inevitably, every guru had to disappoint, you know, in, in, you know, in these big movements. Not everyone, you know, Yogananda certainly <laughs> does not fall into this category. Right. But many of these modern, you know, esoteric gurus, you know, that was their role. Right. To finally teach them to stand on people's own two feet, you know, and look within. Right. You talk about your outer world as a reflection of your inner world. Yes. And I, I heard that a lot just now when I was listening to the limiting belief workshop. Will you explain it in your way? Because I've tried to explain. I want to know how you would explain that to somebody that yes. they're when they're going through a manifestation event, like even that sweet girl with her passport, that woman that talked about who she lost her passport, she hid it, locked it up. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ondine. Exactly. Ondine, that was yes. Ondine. Yes. But yes, you know, yes. like her what she was creating was what she had inside of her, was Absolutely. hiding her growth. Yeah. And and now she's her yes. everything's missing. Yes, yes, yes. So 
Okay, um, just for our listeners, you know, a little general background here. So yes, we create our own reality. We create it from the inside out. Meaning, and this is something that is really hard to wrap our heads around, even those of us who are familiar with the Seth material, Joshua Neighbor and everything else. We create from the inside out, meaning that everything we perceive with our outside senses is not real. That's the first thing we have to understand, but just accept, you know, face value. It's not real. This is not real. Everything here is a projection of what is going on inside. Mm-hmm. And what is going on inside is either there's a lot of positive emotions, there's a lot of negative emotions. These have to be manifested because we create from the inside out. We came here to create so that we could have a framework within which we could evolve. And that's a framework that is not available in non-physical. But it is all our doing. It is all our creation. And that's something that you need to accept wholeheartedly in order to move out of victim that victimhood stance. Right. Not easy, okay? Because when something really bad happens to you, it doesn't feel like you created it, obviously, but you did. You created it for you, and it was created by you. So we have to understand that nothing is real, that everything is an illusion. My body is an illusion. I am here talking to you because I have a beneficial belief, and that beneficial belief is I'm alive. That's a belief. (laughs) Right. Is it? It's a belief. We're all here because we have this fundamental, magnificent wow. belief. I'm alive in a physical body on a physical plane. <laughs> it's a belief. It's an illusion. Yep. We are all non-physical. This is a holographic projection. And we projected ourselves into it and continue projecting on a daily basis. But nothing here is solid. Everything is pure energy. Right. That's something I had the benefit of understanding with, uh, you know, during my training with Castaneda. It is energy. It seems solid, but it's the illusion. This chair, this computer, this screen, nothing is real. Everything is really just energy. And for those of us who practice lucid dreaming, for exactly, when we actually exit our bodies, you see, we know we can go through walls. You see, it, I mean, nothing is solid. It just seems solid, thank God, so that we can we can have this realm of continuity and solidity, this perfect illusion within which we can expand in a right. very specific way defined by us before we came here, you see. But that's really as far as you can go. And once you accept that, you're going to have to prove this to yourself, that this is actually the case. And as you disprove your limiting beliefs and you now notice because you're sending out this new signal that your reality actually changed, that's when it starts to hit home. Mm-hmm. You see, we've done this all our lives. We've always been creators, but like Abraham says, we've been creators by default. Right. Now we're learning to create deliberately. Wait a second, this beautiful thing that just happened, was that really because I processed a limiting belief yesterday and because I started feeling so wonderful? I guess so. let me do this one more time oh and I see it again and I see it again and I see it again I'm getting chills just to talk about Mm -hmm. it actually because that's it we have to feel and know not just intellectually but we have to really get it within that we are creating this the good and the bad and the bad isn't bad it's for us because like you said in the beginning with your kids you see there's a limiting belief that wants to be addressed by you you are ready oh i'm ready for this in my case okay 
unaware, you know, I was unaware of my limiting beliefs that I was still exploring hopelessness. Well, with everything I've done, you know, all the layers that I've peeled off, you know, now this limiting belief, this really deeply rooted limiting belief is coming up to the surface. It's telling me, hey, ready to be addressed. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Really? Okay. Inner self or universe, you know, my higher self, everything is orchestrating on my behalf to create this event. Oh, so that I can then process it and be guided to it. Yes. Thank God. Thank God it happened. Thank you, universe. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you, inner self. Thank you, me. Thank you, energy. Thank you, life. You see, this is it. We are learning to become deliberate creators. Everything mm-hmm. we do, we do for us. Mm-hmm. Nobody exists. Everybody's an illusion anyways. You see, right. oh, we're just using each other. It's amazing. I know. I, I love this analogy of the, you know, the virtual reality goggles. That oh, uh-huh. people put on, we have you know? some of those. Yeah, we have those. Well, that's exactly what we're doing. Right. We are all in non-physical. We're all having a blast. And then we decide to come to the physical world. We put on these goggles. And then, you know, you've seen that on YouTube, you know, um, virtual reality fails, you know, where right. these people go, oh, and they fall and they slam against the wall and everybody else around them just laughs their heads off. Well, that's us in non-physical. Right. Here we are with these goggles. What? Death. Oh, my God. The vaccine. Oh, my God. Oh, everybody's <laughs> getting sick around me. And we're all laughing our heads off because <laughs> totally. we're all non-physical. So right. that's really the idea here. That's the analogy. That's how we want to look at it. You know, right. You it's know, a game and it's fun. It is a game and we are in a game and I love doing that. And I love to, oh, just every day, these layers keep peeling because I'm so into, you know, like, oh, yes. Yes, in my intentions. More more. Yeah, exactly. just like you know, you. Oh, why did that? Why did I feel like that? Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Let's go down. Doesn't that. it turn into an inquisitive yes. game? What else am I going to discover now? That's the self discovery you were talking about. Right. Yes. That's it. You know yourself with each limiting belief that you address and prove false. You get to know your real, true self. Right. This other self, the persona, you know, that's being controlled by fear which is why all these limiting beliefs have been developed. That is goodbye. You know, we no longer need you. Thank you very much. Ego. You did your job. You were here to protect me. I appreciate that, but I'm actually safe. I'm not, not safe. This is a benevolent universe. Everything here is created by me and for me. Why would I create something that was bad for me? Right defies I mean it's impossible it it does not exist you know when we we did the prosperity the second month Mm -hmm. that was interesting because there's limiting beliefs of like always said try trust and surrender I know there's going to be enough Mm -hmm. I always did that and then I meet people that uh wait a second and then you start questioning and I thought well maybe there's not but then I keep fighting for it. And then I had this yes. one month of full on in okay. your face. What is money? What is abundance to you? Mm-hmm. And I remember you said it was the, how you visioned the poor people, you know, mm, how you had to, that was a good one for me. Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell everyone yes. about that. So the limiting beliefs, of course, that we've adopted in my case, I adopted, you know, first of all, in my family, money was always scarce, you know, that was, you know, you had to work hard, et cetera. But still, we were living comfortable lives, you know, and I didn't feel uh, the lack. I didn't feel any financial lack. We had enough, absolutely. And, you know, my dad being Algerian, we would spend a lot of time in Algeria in the summers. And, of course, the way people live is much lower than the way they live in Germany. You know, Algeria is 
you know, developing country. And so I was used to a certain degree of poverty going hmm. to Algeria, visiting my family and everything. But that one time we flew to Rio uh, because my dad was working for an airline. We could travel the world for free practically. And okay. so I think I was 12 or so we flew to Rio. It was wonderful. But that one time he took us to a wonderful restaurant and we came out of the restaurant. My dad was still inside and I had this, this kid, he must've been 16 or so come up to me covered in wounds. And I think he was completely drugged out trying to sell candles or something, you know, something. Huh. and he was just trying to make a little money. And all these people, fairly wealthy people, you know, all these adults were just pushing him away, kicking him even, you know, this kid was huh. covered in wounds. He had a very hard time walking and I didn't have any money. I wanted to just take all these candles and just give him everything I had. It was such a traumatic experience that I said, I'm never going back. I'm not going back. And I have actually consciously avoided beautiful countries such as India because of that. Huh. Because I, you know, I'd always wanted to go, but the, the poverty terrified me, you know, because it breaks my heart. It's just mm-hmm. the emotion that I feel when I witness this degree of pain, I can't handle literally. Right. Mm-hmm. And so just like you, this was such a wonderful segment because it brought that memory to mind, you know, that limiting belief that I adopted as a result of it. And I had to process it and I did. And it was very, very liberating because even though I've known for, I had known for 30 years up until that moment, right. I had known for 30 years that we all come here for our explorations, that everybody is powerful. You see that we don't want to pity anybody because uh, you really, you're taking away their energy. This was, I mean, I will tell that to anybody all day long, right? Right. And yet deep down inside, I still had that belief that poor, extremely poor people, okay, are to be pitied because I do, because I do. And I had to look at that in sobriety, and really drop that limiting belief once and for all, because it was one of the blocks to my abundance. Mm-hmm. Because if I believe that a poverty is terrible, then I really just want to want abundance to avoid what is terrible. Meaning that the focus is always continuously on the negative, the, on lack. the poverty, on the lack. Right. And so that was a tremendous exercise for me. And I'd not been aware of it. And my life is fine. I mean, sure, we can always use more money, but I'm not in any kind of lack, financial lack, right? But still, it's a block. And how wonderful to become aware of it. Not only that, you know, energy, um, realities, everything, this is a multi dimensional reality. You know, we have different dimensions. All lives, you know, uh, past lives don't happen linearly everything happens everything happens at the same time well now that i've realized that about poverty and about that kid i gave him his power back yes in that moment time doesn't exist oh, I love you that. see yes it was not just for me but it was for him because i really belittled him mm-hmm. in his exploration mm-hmm. this is what he came for and i know that intellectually but I didn't still did not feel that, you see. Likewise, if I were to see somebody really, really in bad shape, I would have to process it. I couldn't just do it mentally. I'm not right. quite there yet. It's just, it hits me too hard, you know, especially because the more we do this kind of work, the more sensitive we are with our mm-hmm. emotions. You see, we're no longer used to suppressing them. They're up here, you know, they like to be felt. I get that. I allow my emotions to come up, you see. 
So I, if something like this happened, I would still be, I think, having a very hard time if I went to India now, even though I want to go, you know, but I would have to process it. I couldn't just snap out of it mentally right. just yet. Yeah. When we were in New York, you know, last week and there's a bunch, you know, the girls are, we're pretty suburbanized around where we live. Sure. And we don't go down to San Diego that much, but you know, we're, you know, they're pretty protected. Well, yes. you know, you get to New York and you see the homeless and the people sitting on the street and, you know, probably, I mean, all drugs or what they're doing and they're scared of them. And we were talking about it and these, you know, they have the vendors on the side of the road that are selling the purses and, you know, mm-hmm. and they, where do they get those? And why did they choose that life, mom? Yes. And I said, well, they chose it. And this is what they're learning. They're, these are their lessons. And and why is that lady on the on the ground, mm-hmm. you know, eating and waiting for someone to bring her more food? And why does she have to go through that lesson? Mm-hmm. You know, so when you're experiencing, mm-hmm. you know, watching, they chose that mom, you know, they chose so. that life. Why would I? Did I choose my brother's death? No. Why would I? No, clearly, you know, that's the work. We have to remember. We have to remember. And of course, it's all based in judgment. You see, right. this totally. is all based in limiting beliefs. We adopted the beliefs that people who are poor, who are on the street, are you know to be pitied. And, you know, this is something to be avoided at all costs. Right? It's gonna. It just feels terrible. You see, this is what we want. They're all beliefs. That's mm-hmm. it. Everything about our lives is a belief. Right. including the one I believe I'm alive. <laughs> We're going back to that one, you see. Right. It, it's all there, but uh, those are hard lessons, you know. Now, you put a, a toddler next to a woman who's on the street, the toddler doesn't mind. Right. Because he or she hasn't adopted that limiting belief yet that this is bad. Right. That's all it is. That's all it is. But there's such momentum, you know, behind those limiting beliefs like in my case, my God, I had to actually sit down and for a solid half an hour, I processed that, you know, with everything I know, with everything I'm really aware of, you know? Right. Okay. Yeah. I had to do the work and it worked wonderfully, but it's not that easy. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy. The beliefs are there and they have to be processed one by one. Right. And we do the manifestation event forms, which I give to my people in my classes. Cause I think that really is, those are magic and it's yes. when you do and you make sure you do it and you, you know, you, and pretty much now I've done so many that Good. it just kind of comes natural. Exactly. And then yeah. I will go back and read them you know, mm-hmm. and go back through them going, okay, okay, good. I'm, I've, I haven't had that trigger in a while. That's I'm getting better. I'm getting Very more neut- neutral, yes. right? Exactly. The more you read your, your processes, the more you cultivate the new beneficial beliefs that you've identified right. through that process. So it's really a good idea to read them over and over and over again, and not just forget them because then we shift back. You see, we disprove a limiting belief. The intensity of our beneficial beliefs is increased and so we're sending out a new signal, but, you know, it's like a pump, you know, like it goes up and down and up and down. And eventually, you know, if we don't pay attention, if we don't do our morning gratitude exercises, et cetera, if we don't start off the day right on a high vibration, mm-hmm. which happens, then, you know, the limiting beliefs will become more dominant again, you see. Right. And, and so we need to be, we need to cultivate that newfound freedom, you know, that, that liberating approach to life by reading it over and over and over again. Yes. Once you have that awareness where you are reading them and you are understanding what is holding you back in life and all the things, it's just this 
way of living is just amazing. You know, I just, I can't even explain it. I mean, we've only been in this class for four months and I know you did the boot camp 14 times and you know, all the friends that are listening that are in this boot camp with me and that as I'm attracting through my mm-hmm. podcast, mm-hmm. you know, and I know that we're all these, this, whatever, a hundred people that are in this class, yes. you know, we're, we're right all now, these, yeah. you know, soul sisters and brothers. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. and it's so amazing to listen. Well, here's, here's one thing I want to tell you, Ashley. Oh, good. What? We're tell all me. part of the Joshua family. Yeah. When we transition, we go back to Joshua. That's who huh. we are. Oh. There's a reason we adopted the Joshua teaching so that we could spread the word. We right. are them, quite oh. literally. We belong to the Joshua energy family of teachers. Huh, you're going to make me cry. That's, that's funny. That's it though, yeah. Oh, because that because you felt it. That yeah. is the truth. It is that's, the truth. That's who we are. Huh. Wow. See, yeah. and you look at people and who's who I'm attracting, like a friend that I grew up with in Seattle. You know, we knew each other for, you know, since elementary, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden she, I haven't talked to her. We see each other on Facebook here and there, but nothing, you know, she lives in Arizona and all of a sudden I just listened to Gary Uh, and now she joined Oh my God! and she was on the call the other day. And I said, oh my gosh, she's with me. She's, and she's like, I've always had dreams about you. And, you know, we've always had these kind of like synchronistic kind of experiencing together. I'm like, here we are, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm And then I see my little circle of friends that I've had here in this San Diego, you know, just yeah. like people that I know that, and that listen to the podcast. And I had mentioned it to one of my friends just as I was signing up for Joshua, because I had said, I'd sent her, um, so she was listening to him too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And she's like, I just planted the seed, just not even planning it. Like, I think you should do it. It was like, I'm signing up for this class. that's starting Monday. Mm-hmm, and she, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to sign up too. And then the next person signs up and then she has this group that's of like it. eight people. But it's just like, it's so beautiful to look at it from the higher perspective, mm-hmm. to look at us as Joshua. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I love that. Mm-hmm. I really could, could cry yeah. because it is so true. It's, it's who we are. That's the oh my gosh. That's the connection. There's a reason. And that's it, obviously. See, totally we obvious. Joshua. We are Joshua. Why do you think they, they answer by saying we are Joshua? Right. We, we are. We, all of us, we are Joshua. That's, that's wow. who we are. Huh. You, you know, when, when uh, Joshua talks, like when you get to the other, you know, when we leave this plane of existence and we mm-hmm. see each other, we're sl- he'll be like, that was you, Jessica? That no was way. you, Ashley. Oh my God. <laughs> right? Yes. You did no. so well. This Isn't that, fun. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, I love a, it. that's it. But likewise, that was you who right. abused <laughs> me. That was right, you. Right. Man, you were so convincing. Thank you so much. All these lessons I was able to learn, thanks to you. Right. Yeah, same thing. Everything same is a gift. Yeah, it, it is. Exactly. And I think by us and for us. I think as a mom, you know, I used to, you know, you living because I didn't have the my page till I was 37. So I lived a carefree life of pretty much like doing things independently, mm-hmm. not having to have any worry. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or fear. And then you have these babies and all of a sudden the fear comes and the worry comes and oh my gosh. <laughs> and then you start learning this stuff and you're like, they chose me. We're all learning together. Everything is perfect. We're all on this. We're all together learning on this journey together. Yes. And what am I to do, but to get into alignment, be love and do that for them and see what 
you know, and then I watch them and then they do it. And then it's like, mom, I get what you're saying. Like if I don't care what, if that girl hurts my feelings Mm -hmm. and I rise above it and just send her love in my mind, Mm -hmm. because I teach them like when there's a, you know, a little disconnect with kids these days with, you know, my girls and the kids that I teach in my classes are a little bit more understanding it's love and You know, and you Mm -hmm. see that and then the Mm -hmm. other girls don't know yet. We're not there quite yet. So the girls will come home, mom. And I said, did you send him love like through your mind and, you know, in your heart? Yeah, that's perfect. That's all you need to do. Yeah. And then if you don't have a friend at lunch, just call me because she'll call me. Mom, no one's really nice to me or, you know. Well, those are manifestation events for the kids though, you see. So they, they, I mean, if, have they actually done manifestation event processes yet? They yes, and we've talked it yes, and so you know there was a girl and a couple of girls that I have a carpool that were triggering me. This is before I started the Ascension experience, mm-hmm. and I really dug deep into the manifestation event forms, mm-hmm. and it was they were triggering me where I just I didn't know what to do with myself, and then they're mean to her, and I you know this don't bully my kid and you mess with my kid right yeah, and then Gary's like Ashley, the bully Paige attracted that bully. She yeah. needs to learn from that. Yeah, I said, exactly. Or Joshua. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. But you know, like even just that alone, take what, everything what else away. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To say you attracted that. So I turn yeah. it all around now. So you attracted that at lunch. I wonder why. What yes. was in that little threesome exactly. that pushed you out of the threesome? And I'm always the third wheel out. And I'm like, I wonder what you created, what you attracted in that group to make mm-hmm. that happen. Because you mm-hmm. were, you did it. Yes, yes, yes. They of didn't course. do it. Yeah, the reason why. Obviously, there's a belief in her that she is the third wheel. Yep. You see, she does stand out, you know, obviously with a mom like you. So in her case, just from what I'm picking up from what you're saying is that she's not, they're not the same. She's different. Mm-hmm. She's already different because of the mom she chose, you see. So that's the limiting belief. She um, um, interprets this as being negative. All kids do. Right. We all want to be the same. We all want to look the same. You know, I don't want to have curly hair. My goodness, I want to have straight hair. Oh, my curly right. hair sucks. Everybody's got straight hair. Why don't I have straight hair? You see? So difference for children, being different is a negative. That's a limiting belief right there. So right. she, once she understands that being different, being evolved in this case, being you know, on a different, you know, part of the groove, you know, on a different groove than these kids, because nobody's really more advanced or not advanced. Right. Everybody's on, on their own exploration, right? But for her to understand that being on a different groove is actually great, fantastic. There's a reason why she, that's where she wants to be. You see, right. understand that part. And then, I mean, imagine what will happen at, or at uh, school for her. You know, right. it's no, it's already, I already see from freshman year, even though they were only there twice a week from to sophomore year, she'd have tears. We'd have the whole, you know, manifestation events all the time, but I would feed into it because I didn't know I wasn't. Yes. Yes. And you wanted so then, to protect her. I want to help that, her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When she really doesn't need help, she just needs to understand she's already has limiting beliefs that want to be addressed and disproven. That's right. all it is. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and you better to tell her that, but you, I mean, but, but she's a mom. A mom. Right. <laughs> Fantastic. Mom. Oh, Jessica, we could be here all day. See, it drives me crazy. Yeah, like, I know. I there's know, like I know. so many things, but I thank you for being here. 
Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. What an enlightening, delicious conversation. I love it. So fun. Yeah, and I love that you're on the Ascension Experience. And please reach out to me if there's anything I, I will. can do, okay? Yes, On I any will. of those manifestation events. That would uh, be awesome. I know. Really? I love that. So tell the website so people can check your website out. Yes, it's www.newmindset-coaching.com. Oh, I love yeah, it. But thank you so much, Ashley. It's oh. been absolutely, absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much. Loved it. You'll have, we'll have a part two. We'll have the whole Joshua. Oh, I love that. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Thank you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.